What's up, everyone, and welcome back to school. But don't worry, everything is cool. I'm your host, Shalissa, and of course, I am here with the boys, Steve and Brennan. Say what's up, you guys. What's up? And we got a special guest today. We got Christine Olivia Hernandez. How you doing? I'm so good. (laughs) I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you for the delicious cocoa. For those of you who are watching, we're having some cocoa in our cups today. Are we going to be sipping on it through the entire episode? Uh, Gulps. Yeah, he's he's beautiful. Yeah, it is delicious. Yeah, it's very thick too. I've never had like the pure cocoa before. Pure cacao. 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 Okay, cacao. 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 Okay, cool. So yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and the cacao. Yeah. Oh wow. Let me start from the Mm -hmm. beginning. So cacao came into my life actually right at the perfect time it was like I was coming back into connection with myself I was in yoga teacher training and this was pretty recent uh I mean right after um having been at rock bottom not recent to now (laughs) but I had been at my my lowest in a toxic relationship and it was it was really really rough and I found yoga which was so beautiful and helpful and I think for a lot of people and for our communities Yoga can be a really beautiful entryway into spirituality because there's no trauma there, because there's no history there or, you know, yeah, any trauma really is what it comes down to. Um, So for me, it was really easy to go into. And I went into yoga teacher training a few months after that. I like I manifested it really. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then I did it Uh, as soon as I was in yoga. It was like maybe one or two times I had experienced it and it was like, I'm going to get more of this like I want this kind of peace that all of these people are like resonating in or vibrating in and I want more of that for myself um, so while I was at yoga teacher training I was introduced to mine cacao from Guatemala and I just went wait what like my father's from Guatemala right my ancestors are from Guatemala that's a part of my part of me a part yeah. of my story and it instantly connected me back to my heart and it, it's considered heart medicine Mm-hmm. and also connected me back to my ancestors. I was like, wait a minute, this is my ancestral plant medicine. I want to know more about it. Like, mm-hmm. And it, I felt so incredibly good, like better than I've ever felt in my entire life. Like I was just fully in my body, but also that euphoria, all the beautiful properties that are in it that make mm-hmm. you feel really, really good on a physical mm-hmm. level were all present mm-hmm. for me. So, so what are the, the properties that you, f- that you say that you feel? So what you have, so when you have cacao in its pure form, it is like beautiful medicine, mm-hmm. right? So there's anandamide, the bliss molecule. There's theobromine that gently energizes. There's magnesium that feeds your brain and relaxes your muscles. There's PEAs and MAOs that help with your serotonin and your dopamine levels. Mm-hmm. So you're going to feel really good and also euphoric. Uh, and then you have the vitamins, the nutrients, the antioxidants. It's a powerhouse in antioxidants, even more so than blueberries. Um, oh, wow. So it has all these beautiful things. It's like a superfood as well as a spiritual aid. So on a physical level, you're feeling really good. But on another level, on a deeper level, you're feeling something shift within you. And also like as if your heart is like blooming open and expanding. Um, and it's hard to put into words, but it's like when you sit with it and when you're present with it, mm-hmm. Um, then you can actually feel that happening to you. And it's like a progressive plant medicine. And, and you know, you might know of plant medicines, right? Yeah. But sometimes, a lot of times, these plant medicines are really intense for the bodies, 
and really intense on our nervous system. Whereas mm. cacao is a gentle plant medicine, right? It's it's a nourishing plant. It's not that intense on our bodies, but it's nurturing and nourishing. It has almost like a grandmother essence as well in spirit when you're when you're working with the plants and with this plant in particular, it's like it's that grandmother medicine. And you know, you've had a hot cup of chocolate, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. just amplify that times you know, a hundred and know (laughs) that you're feeling, you're going to feel really held Mm -hmm. and you're going to feel that, that loving energy as well. It reminds me of Abuelita hot chocolate. Yeah. They're always like the brand. That's exactly Uh, what I was (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you have it in pure form, right, it's not killing all of the properties that are within that we spoke of. There's Mm -hmm. also living enzymes that are in there that when we have, um, you know, like nibs or if you're having, um, like just processed powders or the abuela chaka is close to it, but again, yeah. it's processed differently. Whereas what you're having is ceremonial cacao. So it's made traditionally. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very simple. It's like a fermented, it's um, hand peeled, the husks are hand peeled after being lightly roasted. Mm-hmm. And then it is stone grounded into a block paste. Mm-hmm. So you're getting it super pure um, and and sometimes when we have these other chocolates, like the Abuela chocolates, mm-hmm. it tastes so good, and you're you're retaining like that um, that flavor, but you're not retaining all of the health benefits when you have it. But when you have it in pure form, you got all the good stuff too within it, which is nice. Yeah, because it smells like chocolate, it does. Mm-hmm. and it, it does. reminds me of like when I would drink the Abuelita hot chocolate, but then it tastes yeah. totally different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then our ancestors have been working with this plant for thousands of years in this form, in this way, drinking it. Um, very simply, like today you're having it with spices and a little sweetener and things like that. But the traditional way is like a few spices and they would even have it without any sweetener, you know, Mm -hmm. but they would still have it in liquid form Mm -hmm. and they would just love the benefits, but they would work with it for shamanic purposes, for ceremonial purposes, for everything between life and death. Like it was there to help you like drop in, basically Mm -hmm. drop into your body to really be fully present in your body. Wow. how yeah. consistent do you drink it because i know you even had your own bottle b- before you came for us you're like oh don't worry i have some in my bottle yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i have it quite often i would say mm, maybe three times a week oh wow, and i try good. not to have it every single day i don't like to rely or have anybody rely oh. on anything right yeah for for an everyday type of thing but it is a beautiful replacement um for like coffee or you know, if you were just wanting to have a beautiful ritual in the morning to drop in and to be in your body before you go about your day, it's a it's a nice um, way to do that. And you can have like, you know, one tablespoon or one teaspoon in a cup and add all the other nice ingredients that feel good for you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's helpful in that way. Yeah. Cool. And then you mentioned a little bit about your background. So you're Guatemalan, you said. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and yeah. Your story. Yeah, so my father was from Guatemala, right? He came to America um, with my grandmother and his brothers when he was about five years old. Um, and then he passed away when I was 22. He took his life. So I did not have a connection to him at all. I had no connection really to myself nor my roots, right? I didn't, I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do. Um, so that's my father's side. My, my mother's side, she's Mexican-American. Um, so I'm a blend and a mix that when I was introduced to cacao, it supported me in connecting with my paternal lineage for sure. Mm -hmm. In that way, realizing like, oh, I have no connection to that side at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I may have even thought that I was just a full Mexican. Like I didn't like uh, obviously American too. Right. And and then the European is in there. Right. Um, but I didn't even really know anything about Guatemala at all until cacao. 
So then with the cacao, I was opening up and realizing, well, this is really doing something to my body, mind, soul, everything. Things are shifting, changing. I want to know more. I want to share this with other people. Like, how is it that we're drinking chocolate or eating chocolate and we have no idea that we could be drinking cacao instead <laughs> instead of or instead of a coffee, mm-hmm. right? We could be using this um, and working with this plant in a beautiful way. Um, where do you think that came from? Where do you think the loss of like, oh, we could use cacao? Like, why do you think people don't use it and they, instead they use like milk chocolate or processed foods? Uh, colonization, mm-hmm. right? So when the Spanish came and they found cacao, they're like, well, this is great. Actually, at first, they didn't like it because they had it without sweetener. Mm. And they were like, this is gross because it's so bitter, right? It's a bitter, it's a medicine. Um, then when the invention of sugar came around and they could add that and put that in there, they were like, this is amazing. We need to take it. And they took it for themselves. And then they made it really hard for the indigenous people, the Mayan people, to work with their own ancestral plant medicine. Mm-hmm. So they took that away. And then it blew up in Spain. It blew up in Europe. And it was only for like the elites at that point, right? It wasn't for everyone. Um, and so the Mayan people, they a lot of them lost their connection to the plant. And even more more recently, they're starting to work with it more and it's flourishing because people want this medicine. Um, and so one of the sources that I work with, which is really beautiful in Guatemala, where I source my cacao from, um, they're starting to give that that like tradition back to the people like they don't even know about it the some of the my people they'll have like these beautiful grinders in their backyard and they're just grinding corn and they have no idea that they'd be also grinding cacao so it's it's beautiful to see that more my people are reclaiming yeah. this beautiful ritual yeah because it's really interesting it makes me uh realize uh, you know how there's this concept of reconnecting right to your yeah. roots yes. and uh, your indigenous ancestors yes. well that's one thing that i think is really cool about uh, the fact that you talk about the cacao um, is that drinking it and, and consuming it, it is that reconnection between you and that ancestral knowledge. Yes. And I think that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Even right now, um, I don't know if that's where my ancestors come from, but I just like that idea of like drinking it and it's kind of like going back to those roots. Yeah. It's very, uh, I feel the, the healing and the warmth, like the medicinal purpose that you're talking about. Yes, this is your ancestral plant as well. So mm-hmm. cacao is native to Mesoamerica. So this is like our medicine, 100%. And so you'll feel that as you start to drink it like, and work with it, you're like, you can totally start to feel into your connection to that plant as well as to the ancestors of that land. Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, I like that you, I'm consuming this too around the times that people are considering this the holidays. Yeah. Because I feel like yeah. that's the whole purpose of that is to like, oh, you know, spend time with your family. And in a way, this gives me very like family vibes. Like mm-hmm. that's the easiest way I can kind of describe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a nice introduction into the holidays yeah. that are coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, sometimes you'll, like, get giggles, or mm-hmm. sometimes you'll, like, start to sweat, or sometimes you may start to cry. So it's really, it's really helping you to feel into whatever yeah. you're feeling more deeply. Like, mm-hmm. you may not know on the surface what's going on, but there's yeah. something, you know, a layer. If we go a layer deeper, there's something uh, behind it. So. Whatever you're feeling, it's going to amplify that feeling for you to, to move through, to, to feel, yeah. and like f- be fully present with it. So it really helps you to kind of dance between grief and gratitude is what mm. I would say. and Just like be fully there. Do so you have any stories of people who had like intense experiences from it? I have so many stories where people will just cry. Well, people will cry in... In, in grief and gratitude, where, like, they're releasing something when they're crying. They're, like, allowing themselves to, like, purge and let go of something, right? The tears are, 
our medicine for us to mm-hmm. make space. And then there's this euphoria that will come through and this, this space for just like deep gratitude um, and, and bliss and joy. And also like it helps you to connect with your inner child as well. Like it's very playful and fun in that way too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, well, because I think most of us probably had sweets more when we were kids. I mean, I still have sweets a lot when I'm older, but <laughs> at least the majority of people have it when they're younger. Yeah. Um, I think that's cool. I, have you ever, that's like a different type of cry, the like gratitude cry yes. of like, wow, like so many beautiful things in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like crying. Like, I, I'm hoping that's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> you just see me crying. I know, right? <laughs> He's like, okay, next question. <laughs> So did the did the native people strictly use this for medicine? Was that mostly their only use for it? No, so many different practices and, and rituals. So it was even used as currency at one point oh, for really? the Mayans oh, wow. in the history. Yeah, and it's that's such a beautiful practice because then you you can't hoard, right? Like mm. people hoard money nowadays, but back then you were exchanging cacao, and cacao only has a, a lifespan of of two years, right? So. It lasts a really long time, actually, but but yeah, two years and then it's up. But so many different ways. Again, shamanic purposes for sure, ceremonial purposes, but everything for celebration, like weddings. It's amazing for birthdays also, like in the present, but for everything between life and death for the Mayans, they were using cacao. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, it's the same. Like I, I, I work with it for all of those moments, right, for like rites of passages and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with grief as well as is when I want to come into deep gratitude and also the expression of gratitude. That's why I created the Matiosh method, which is a cacao ceremony. But Matiosh means thank you in Mayan. Mm-hmm. So it's this way for us, it's a gratitude method and a way for us to come into the expression of gratitude and the embodiment of like our ancestors' prayers and dreams come true. Wow. I know you talk a lot on your page about like reclamation of like our indigenous roots and everything. So I wanted to ask you, what would you say to those who say that kind of reclaiming our roots and kind of connecting to our ancestors and our indigenous background? What would you say um, to those who say that us doing that is kind of being like anti-white or kind of like also like isolating them in a way because we're trying to connect to our background, our roots and everything? I I don't see the connect of it being anti-white at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I see it, what I see it being is essential for us to know ourselves mm-hmm. um if we don't know who we are then how can we live in a, a good way and live mm-hmm. healthy right in our minds and our bodies so it's just knowing our history it's knowing parts of ourselves healing parts of ourselves acknowledging the truth of our history or of our past mm-hmm. and also it's knowing that we have inherited so much more than just generational trauma and yeah. pain um we've inherited so many gifts we've inherited so much wisdom, so much magic that's literally coursing through us. It's it's in our bones. And so we can ignore that. Sure, we see some relatives who have done that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we're at a time in the world where it's needed for you yeah. to know yourself mm-hmm. fully, every part of your, of your being and mm-hmm. loving every part of it, right? Yeah. That way, it's not just like we're, we're not just going back and doing this work so that we can stay in the past and dig up the past. We do mm-hmm. this so that we can live fully in the present, mm-hmm. Right. And go forward in a good way yeah. for the generations to come. Yeah, because I feel like you or at least I'm seeing like a lot of more people trying. And I don't know if it's just because I, my page is just like me trying to also reconnect to like my roots. But I see that people are kind of starting to get to kind of that level. 
and sometimes like kind of like us like us giving this platform to people and like with indigenous backgrounds um sometimes it may feel that some people feel a little isolated within that of like us kind of just speaking on it and i don't i don't i for me personally i don't want people to feel that it's just like us isolating people and being like we're a certain group like Right. This is just us. Right. It's more like I want the conversation to be open and mm-hmm. for people to kind of just kind of respect like us trying to reconnect, but also we're respecting them and like yeah. whatever their backgrounds are. Yeah. So they, that's why I kind of like asked the question because I'm more yeah. curious because I know you're in that journey. You're a lot more in that journey. I'm still in like my beginning of that. Um, so I kind of just wanted to know like on that. I would love to add because to that because I mean, what even is white, right? Because white people right i also have white within me but what that really comes down to is okay i'm american as well i'm also european so i have uh you know a little irish scottish i have spanish i and also i have like i have celtic roots as well right so every single person has indigenous roots Mm -hmm. so this should inspire anyone who is watching this should inspire you to connect with your roots to know that you have ancestral magic that is waiting to be you know, discovered and reclaimed. So we all get to do this work together. And it is so important for you to hear my story, to to hear our diverse stories, because that way you can see like what resonates with your heart. Also, also see the reflections within, like we're all mirrors, right? Mm -hmm. So see what resonates with you. Like for me, being of Mayan descent as well, what I miss and and feel sad about is that I don't know the dances. and so when I see my sisters and brothers who are Native American, I have a Native American brother named Eric Hernandez, by the way. My last name is Hernandez, too. But he has totally different um, roots. He has a totally different lineage, different tribe. Um, but his Native hoop dance, it does something to me. It resonates so deeply in my heart. It activates something in me. So it's so essential for us to see and speak on our stories um, and also amplify the voices of, of brown people I think is super important in people of color. Like we haven't seen a lot of representation. Mm. Um, so it's really, it's essential for, for everyone to hear our stories. Yeah. Um, and I know also on your page, you talk about a lot about like div- divine femininity. Um, yes. And you say this thing called restoring our erotic wisdom. Mm. So what does that mean? And what do you intend to do with that? Mm. That is essential um, when it comes to reclaiming all parts of ourselves. Our sensuality, there's so much power in there, and it has been shamed for so long. Mm -hmm. Our sensuality, our sexuality, it's deemed as dirty, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, for brown women, we're curvy, and naturally, I'm I'm a very sensual person. I won't speak to, to every brown person, right? I am a light brown woman who is naturally incredibly sensual with the way I speak, with the way that I do things, which sensuality just means living fully in the moment and like being fully present in the body. It's it's being fully alive and connected to your senses. So when I'm drinking my drink, like I'm I'm making it like a moment and it's mm-hmm. feeling really good. So being in your senses, tasting and taking in the taste of your drink in a present way, um, smelling the fragrance of things and just being with it fully being present and being fully in it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um it's essential for us to to reclaim that part of ourselves because it has be sh- been shamed mm-hmm. which means then we 
have been programmed to shame ourselves yeah. for this natural occurrence. Like we are meant to be naturally sensual, naturally sexual as well. This is how we got here. We cannot be here unless we have sex, right? Unless mm-hmm. our parents had sex and made us, yeah. which is a fucking beautiful thing. Sorry, I don't know if I can guess. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, such yeah. a beautiful thing, actually. Mm-hmm. And we make it seem like it's this dirty thing that we need to be quiet. And the only reason that is is because of many religions, right? And I know my grandmother was Catholic. I grew up being around the Catholic Church, also mm-hmm. around Christian Church. Uh, I was around a lot of things that I didn't resonate with. None of that resonated with, with me. But yeah. that's the story that's, like, programmed. That's yeah. one of the many, many stories that that is told to keep us suppressed. Because mm-hmm. when we're tapped into that sensuality and sexuality within ourselves, mm-hmm. and we know how good it feels to be in our bodies and how good it feels to be sensual, with, with even with just ourselves and our sexuality when it comes to masturbation and uh, self-pleasure, self-love, you will feel so powerful when you connect with your body in a loving way, when you're not thinking that masturbation is evil or bad or dirty, when you feel and and welcome in that pleasure and know that it is natural and healing and so powerful to feel good in your body and to make yourself feel good. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even express to you, like you'll have mm-hmm. to, you know, experience it for yourself to understand how yeah. empowering it is. Like I never felt more powerful than after a self-pleasure practice. My first self-pleasure practice, I'll speak to that one. That just blew my mind, my heart open. I was like, I didn't even know I could feel this good. And mm-hmm. I was doing that to myself. Yeah. Okay, so there's so much beauty to, to feel, and our ancestors felt that, too. That's a, a natural, beautiful thing, and it wasn't until colonization, the patriarchy, that told us that this isn't, this isn't good, this isn't right, and this is dirty, and this is wrong, so keep that away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting, because it reminds me of, uh, kind of, I think you brought it up once on the, on the, uh, the show, um, you said the mom was kind of trying to, like, uh, like, open up that part of herself, too, right, because... Yeah. If when you really think about it, to be very anti-sexual, especially for women, it's a very oppressive thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're the ones who are like, oh, no, yeah. like women sh- should be very, like, uh, what's the word? Conservative. Yeah, very conservative. Because, like, to for women to express, like, sexual desires, it's like, oh, they're sinning. They're sinners. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, um, I mean, they even call them wenches, witches. Like, yeah. all those terms are just used to, like, oppress women. And that's kind of what it's making me connect to. So I think, I definitely do think that, like, thinking that's taboo, thinking, yeah. like, being connected with yourself is definitely just a way of participating in that oppression. Yeah. And I, I think it, it should be more normalized that we kind of like, whether you're a woman or a man or anything else, I think you should just be able to, you know, freely, openly have these conversations. I mean, that's why even in some parts, people have such like terrible sex education because yes. people are just afraid of talking about sex. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And then and then we see overt sexuality all over and that's being it's basically like weaponized or, or it's used in a bad way so that people can, you know, gain more. It's like such a capitalistic tool, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like for me, I find it really important for us to share ourselves in a sacred way, to share our sacred sensuality in a way that feels and is deemed normal. Like I wanna make that I wanna normalize that. Mm-hmm. Um, for everyone and I, I want to inspire other people to to connect in that way and you don't have to share that on social media or with anyone else but with yourself you know yeah. looking into the mirror dancing with yourself mm-hmm. eye gazing into the mirror um, maybe you know even touching yourself and it doesn't have to start 
at the genitals it can start wherever you want like making like when you're touching your own hands or your leg like making that feel really good how does that feel do you ever even you know touch your own arm and notice how how you can give yourself pleasure with just a touch mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be dirty it doesn't have to be bad it's actually really beautiful for you to have that connection with your own body yeah i agree 100 percent. yeah i was gonna say i was like i was like the way you talk it just all like sounds so beautiful um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah but i i i brought that up because yeah i feel like uh, as as a woman i feel like we get like shamed a lot yes. for just like being expressive yes. with our own sexuality and like even i i think about just the way we dress sometimes it's like we're just overly sexualized sometimes and it's kind of like it's kind of like it, it angers me that i can't freely express myself sometimes yes. without being shamed yes um like i always feel like i walk around and people shame me for like some if i'm wearing like a, a semi-revealing shirt and like i'm just going out with like my boyfriend sometimes i still feel like people in a way are still judging me for the, just the way that, that i'm wearing and i know that maybe that's more of like an internal thing of yeah. myself that i'm kind of like shaming myself because i kind of just grew up seeing that um and even like if i if i'm wearing the shirt right specifically and then i'm walking around my house sometimes i feel like even like my parents like i'm a little ashamed to kind of just express that side of myself because it's also like one they are a little religious but they're not extremely religious so they're fine with the way i dress it's fine like they don't judge but i think internally for me i'm kind of like i think they are because like it's just frowned upon right to just whatever you wear whatever however you look like it does as a woman right yeah. <clears throat> i'm more speaking like as a as a as a woman and and that's why I bring that up because it's it's interesting how you're trying to kind of like change that. And like, I know you also have like different workshops that you're kind of like doing that, yeah. um, which is really nice and beautiful to see, um, especially as a brown woman also to see that because it kind of helps me a little more to, I guess, get comfortable with that side of myself. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love hearing that. Yes, we get to reclaim that part of ourselves mm -hmm. and not only like just love that part of ourselves but like love on it so deeply mm -hmm. and so much because again yeah we have been programmed we've been programmed to shame ourselves yeah like what is going to keep us down the, the lowest is when we're telling ourselves right mm -hmm. that this isn't good this is bad and we're like telling ourselves that story so we have to reprogram our minds we have to rewrite the narratives rewrite yeah. all of the stories and and remember how beautiful it is to mm -hmm. just show up and so start those practices you know we get to start the practices with ourselves first mm -hmm. and then share it with our sisters and then yeah. the world yeah because yeah, yeah. culturally i think especially the culture that we come from as like mexican americans mm -hmm. like that's the ones that are especially conservative yeah. of like yeah because i think a lot of guys especially the older generation see women almost as if like they were property and to yeah. be revealing is to be like oh like you're for sale yeah. like why are you for sale if you already belong to me yeah right yeah. it's like so i think that definitely opening yourself up to i mean i'm not a woman but i'm Con just conceptually from what you guys are explaining to me it seems as though when you open yourself up to that it's like oh like now i'm healing that part of myself that knows that no i am not property i am not an object i am human and because i am human i should have the desire and the freedom to dress however i want treat myself however i want right yeah well because i mean even how you see it in like society when like oh well if like a girl was like assaulted right um, people are like, oh, well, what was she? What was she wearing? Like, what is it that like she was provoking the guy or something like that, right? And those are just like things that you like kind of hear around, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and we've talked about it on here before, too, of like what is wrong with your clothing. It's just a form of expression of yourself. And some people just like wearing what they wear, you know. Um, and that's like to both women and men. Right. Um, and it's just like those things, just like ha- having that in your mind. But I think it's just, again, like we've been programmed so much to kind of like say those things to ourselves, too, because it's like you see it everywhere, too. Um but yeah, but um, I guess just kind of like breaking that, you know, and mm. I think it's also nice as like for also men to kind of like hear that because then it's kind of like, yeah, yeah like yeah. we see you guys, you know, we're very well yeah. aware of it, too, you know. Well, I think it's there's benefits to men even beyond that, because uh, well, that's one of the main arguments for feminism is that like it, the patriarchy hurts both women and men because how you guys are talking about the clothing, like if it's like me or Brandon. Um, if we want to wear something where it's maybe a little bit more feminine and maybe it's a little bit more revealing too, we might be like frowned upon. It's like, oh, that's not a very masculine thing to wear. Like you might be made fun of. Um, and then you're also being like oppressed in your expression. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's like the patriarchy hurts both men and women. And you guys obviously are showing me like how that affects us even in the clothing that we wear. Yeah. Um, because I think that's what I was kind of connecting to when you were talking about it is that mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like. I mean, growing up, I never wore anything outrageous, but I, there were times where I felt like what I was wearing was like being like kind of like frowned upon because it seemed to be a little bit feminine. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was like, yeah, I think that hurts me, too, because then it makes me feel as though whatever I'm doing, like I'm not living up to that image of a man. Mm-hmm. Like I, even though that's so that's so fucked up, you know, yeah. there's no such thing. Wow. There's no perfect picture of what a man is. Yeah. A man is whatever you are. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like I, I wake up. I wake up today. I I know I'm a man. It like, <laughs> yeah, there's no standard I need to meet. Mm-hmm. I love this conversation. I love these conversations because it's like we're starting to see all these different tools that have kept us suppressed. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like no, we get to reclaim all aspects of ourselves that feel good for us to express ourselves authentically, fully, freely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a little bit continue with the whole like sexuality and like religion and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I know you do a lot of, like, trying to connect with, like, yourself and all that. Um, How has that, like, sexuality and spirituality conflicted with you or, like, with anyone else? Because I know you express it a lot on your page. Oh, yeah. Um, So how has, like, people who are, you would also say, like, are very religious or spiritual kind of, like, conflict with you about, like, being so expressive? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people follow me on there are pretty open, Mm -hmm. I would say, because... I I guess I started to go viral on IG um, when I was uh, into yoga and sharing myself in that way. And also, I was a bit of a muse for my ex-husband, so I would be posing for Mm. paintings and Mm. things like that. So they were already kind of aware of of what, you know, I was um, into or open to. Um, They weren't there because I was a Catholic or a Christian (laughs) and and preaching anything about the Bible. So I had that luxury. (laughs) But of course, I'm going to trigger people and Mm -hmm. because of who I am and what I look like. And also, you know, the other on the other end of that, there's there's the glimmer, right? There's a trigger and a glimmer. Glimmer inspires people, Mm -hmm. right? It's like we're shining a light and inspiring women. So I've inspired so many people and I certainly have triggered people. And that usually hurts so much that it kind of stays with you when Mm -hmm. you when you're getting shamed online for your expression. But 
I have to say that I've, I've definitely inspired so many, so it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. And just to hear the women be like, thank you for showing up and for expressing yourselves freely. And it, it makes me want to do the same. And that's, that's all I could hope for is like, let's just show up as ourselves authentically and shine in whatever, you know, feels good for us and inspire yeah. each other to do the same. Yeah. And I guess before I uh, turn it to Brennan, um, yeah, I was just going to say your page is like very inspiring and what you're doing is just the way you express yourself very authentically is really great. And yeah. I'm sure how you said, like you're inspiring a lot of women and that's really great to see that because again, we're starting to become those for those who are going to come after us. We're starting to be those inspirations because for us, we didn't grow up seeing a lot of women who were very expressive or showing of themselves being um, from like indigenous backgrounds and stuff. So it's really great what you're doing. Um, and thank you again for the cacao. You're so I just want to say one thing too, is that uh, what you were saying about how obviously it, it stays with you sometimes what the negative people yeah. say. I think whether it's the internet or just like in life, I think people stay, it's so easy to get stuck on the negative, yeah. but there's mm-hmm. so much, so much more positive in yes, like the way, cause I, um, I think about when people are like, oh, you know, I got like all these hate comments. Yeah. But look how many likes you got. Look how yeah. many people view it, or like. How many people you just like made people provoke some thought in yourself? Mm-hmm. So I know that like I know it must probably hurt sometimes, but I hope you know that there's a lot more positive than there is negative. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, Brent. I guess taking it over. <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is, I mean, I, listening to you speak and then doing some research on you, a lot of this is very spiritual. A lot of this is very, um, well, yeah, just spiritual. And I guess my question for you was, how do you explain this to somebody who's a bit of a skeptic? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, what I would say is, you know, be open to it as much as you can. And, like, everyone's going to be at a different layer and level of openness. So be as open as you possibly can. And if you're working with a plant, the plants are literally here to support us in this, in remembering and connecting to our our spirit and to soul. Um, So work with the beautiful plants to support you. Because in our minds, we might be so programmed, so heavily programmed, and and possibly traumatized that it could be hard to start to or to understand this con- these concepts and to to feel deeply into parts of ourselves. Um, but if you're working with a plant like cacao, or there are other nourishing herbs that you can work with, other ancestral plants, like try to see what your ancestral plant is from your lineage in your area. If you are um, from Europe, right? There's going to be different plants. Cacao is only native to Mesoamerica. So if you are someone who is of the brown community, then please try the cacao because that's going to really support you. And it could take time. So it's a, it's it's slowly taking steps towards that if you are wanting to have that connection and you're finding it difficult. Also know that you may be um, working through some blocks. There, there are probably going to be blocks there within you in order to um, to be looked at, to be felt, um, in order to connect with your, your spiritual essence. But like, we're all spiritual beings having a human experience, whether you know it or not. Um, and it can take time to understand that fully and deeply, but the more you open yourself up to it, um, the more you'll, you'll start to understand and see. Oh, also, if you are eating a lot of processed foods, eating a lot of sugar, drinking a lot of alcohol, or smoking, having all these things that are not so good for you that can cloud you, and um, you're not going to be open to the medicine or open to, to spirit, really. 
right? So I think it's really knowing yourself, knowing where you're at, and just going slowly, and you're going to feel more and more every time. Was it difficult for you to kind of start on this spiritual journey? Because I know you mentioned that you kind of came from a, a Christianity background. I mean, I don't know how connected you were for that. I mean, we all went to Catholic school, and I would say I was yeah. never super Catholic either. <laughs> but even even now, I feel like that Catholicism still shows up in my everyday life. Yeah. So even like if I was to do something like spiritual, there's always that little <laughs> Catholic voice in the back of my head that's saying, no, that's blasphemy or whatever it is. <laughs> So I guess for someone like you, my question was, since you're delving into this and becoming like, I guess, like very spiritual, was that difficult for you to kind of, I guess, switch lanes like that? So it wasn't that difficult for me. And I think it was because I didn't ever resonate with the Catholic churches that I went to. I didn't understand what they were saying. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just here because I have to be. Um, And even when I would go to the Christian schools with like my other friends, um, or, or Christian classes and, you know, those kinds of things. I just didn't fully, like, resonate with them. So for me, I wasn't a very um, religious person. And so going into yoga, that was very, very spiritual. That's what opened me up to realizing that I was a spiritual being, having that human experience. Um, it wasn't until cacao that I really started to, to think, wait, this is, like, bad because I'm doing, like, indigenous practices are, are deemed evil or deemed uh scary to witchcraft right yeah stuff like yeah that. exactly so i had to work through that later on so i had the gift of like kind of going into what i call um the love and light phase first of being like oh this is all just fairies and like rainbows <laughs> and butterflies and it's all good and i didn't have to do like the shadow work and the work to like reprogram my mind and be like oh Actually, there's a part of me that thinks that this is this is dangerous. It's also dangerous. It's scary. It could be evil. It could be like witchcraft. Yeah, like like this is not um, okay to my some of my relatives or uh, my grandma. Right? Like they didn't understand it and they didn't they didn't get it. Um, so yeah, it took me some time to like reprogram and, and let go of those old stories. But also, I realized like. How could something like this that makes me feel so incredibly free, so beautiful, um, be bad and be evil? So it's like once you have the experience and you understand that it's a beautiful thing and then you start to realize, oh, that was a story they told us so that we would be disempowered, so that we wouldn't connect to something that will keep us in harmony, keep us healthy, keep us happy, right? This is an empowering tool to have to connect to body, mind and spirit to be in alignment um, and all, all of those rituals, there's so much medicine in being connected to the traditions and rituals of our ancient ancestors. Like I, yeah, there's so much I could say on, on how important it is for us to connect with before colonization, the ancestors before, you know, colonization happened and knowing that we're not just connected to the relatives that don't know those stories, but that there are stories within our bodies and there's wisdom within us. So we can start to tap into that and activate those stories when we start to do this work, start to connect to our essence, our spirit, and the ancestors, too. Interesting. Uh, It's interesting to me that you mentioned yoga because I hear a lot of people say that, um, that they get into a certain spirituality from yoga. I've done yoga a little bit, and I've never really felt that. I'm not saying (laughs) anything. Uh, I'm just curious to see, like, what that felt like for you. 
because um, yeah. I always find that interesting, you know, discovering spirituality through the movement of the body. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So for me, in my 20s, I was so incredibly numb and so disconnected from like all parts of myself. I would numb with alcohol and with food and with uh, just being busy with work. Like I was a workaholic. I was also um, just going out a lot. I was just always busy doing something. And so imagine going from that level of, of disconnect um, and then getting to rock bottom. This is how it can be for some people. And all of our stories are going to be different. But for me, it had I had to get to that bottom then to go to a yoga class and for the first time in my life be connected to something that was bigger than myself, than my little mind. That's what it was for me. I was like, oh, I just felt a level of peace I never knew existed, right? Um that's how it was for me. And, and everyone, you know, to be different. And for me, it was, I think it was even just like, it was hot yoga. And I don't know, it did something to me specifically. And I will say there were other things along the way, like little gifts that, that were trickled across my journey that probably supported me to being open to that being um, a spiritual experience. Because I had, I had read certain books. I had read one book that was um, about connecting to like your life's purpose and I'm sure it was also their spirituality like sprinkled in there too. There was another book I called, uh, I read that was um, called The Red Tent, which spoke to uh, Christianity, but before Christianity as well. And it spoke to how the women would bleed on the earth in the red tent together. And this was a practice they did, and they had their own gods and goddesses. And also I had a fascination with um, ancient lineages, but more so with e Egypt, right? Like I could connect with that, but I had no, no, nothing about the Mayan peoples. The only thing I had seen was Apocalypto, which mind you was made by a racist director. So that story made us look very barbaric. So for me, for if anything, I was like, oh, I don't know about that, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like, we get to rewrite that. We get to tell the stories and, and learn the histories and, and share it all. But yeah. Anyway, I went off on a tangent there because <laughs> okay. I get really excited. <laughs> it's okay. No worries. Does, yeah. Does the yoga have anything to do? Because uh, you mentioned earlier about how dancing is very moving for you, um, and I noticed a lot on your Instagram. You post a lot of dancing yes. videos in nature. I was wondering what the connection is between dancing and nature for you. Oh, yes. So dancing. I mean, we're all naturally dancers. We're singers. This is a way for me to connect with the ancestors through dance. It's a, w a way for me to express my myself fully and freely um to feel the elementals to feel the ancestors around me um as well and i would say also that the mayan the mayans were dancers so i've seen a lot of beautiful hieroglyphs and things like this especially when i was in mexico i was in oaxaca and i was at Alban, and those ancient peoples they had beautiful hieroglyphs that had the dancers on there and that's what they mean that's what they meant um and that was so beautiful for me because i don't know mayan dances but i know that we were dancers right so for me it's just a natural expression i've always been a dancer like for me this is just this is a way to connect with uh, another part of myself and my essence with spirit as well and also my dance is usually like a prayer it's like it's like giving a thank you to the elementals when i'm in nature to the trees right to the earth like I will make my steps be a blessing to Mother Earth. Um, so, 
Yeah. What exactly are like the elementals? Like yeah. what wouldn't, can you elaborate on that a little yeah, bit more? Absolutely. Yeah. So our ancestors, right. Are not just our relatives, right. Or our deceased relatives, uh-huh. yeah. but the ancestors also include what we're also made out of, right. Which is the air, the, the fire, right. Th- these are the elementals, um, the earth, right. The waters. This is, this is where we come from. So when I say the elementals, I'm speaking of like the ancestors as well, and and yeah, all of that that beauty that's there. That's interesting. That makes me think that are most people who are in the spiritual journey. Would you say they're also environmentalists? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, right. It kind of goes hand in hand because right? you're realizing that you're interconnected to all of it. Mm-hmm. And oh, and also, I mean, right, the ancestors. When we do this work, it's like we can look down our lineage to realize that there are medicine women and medicine men in our lineage. There's so much beauty within the lineage as well that we don't even know about. So when we're doing this work, it's like connecting with the ancestors. We can support in healing um, our lineage, right? And, and like breaking the curses and rewriting the scripts and breaking the patterns. We can do that as well. But then we can also resonate with the the wisdom that is there with the ancient ancestors too and the medicine people that are there and you know the the teachers and all of the things that feel good for you knowing that they're there somewhere. There's you know you mm-hmm. have thousands of ancestors that came before you. So who is it that you want to connect with? For me it's like I know who I want to connect with. I want to connect with the elementals as well as my my wise medicine women that are there too. Mm-hmm. Well is it okay if I ask? I just wanted to ask, so why specifically the elementals? Like, what, what, what does that do for you? Like, the connecting to the, the world and the nature and the ground and the air? What does it do? I mean, it yeah. reminds me of the, the powerful powerhouse that I am because that's mm. everything that came together to create, like, life, right? So, and that is always flowing within me. That's, that's who I am. So for me, it just makes me feel unstoppable. It makes me feel empowered and know that also that I belong to so much more than just what I've seen. Because for me, what I've seen in my own relatives is not always so great. I have a pretty, you know, hard, um, uh, how do I say that? Like, just a difficult relationship with a lot of my relatives. It's, it's been traumatic, to be honest. Um, so for me, it's, it's very helpful. And it's that knowing that I belong to so much more, mm-hmm. you know. It gives you strength. Yeah. It really does. And love, like knowing mm-hmm. that I am so loved and supported, you know. It reminds me of, uh, there used to be this thing that uh, when I was younger, people used to always say that uh, we're made out of star stuff, which exactly. is true mm-hmm. because we are made out of all the elements in the universe. Mm-hmm. So that's what it reminds me of. Yep. And I, I can see how that gives you strength because it reminds you of like, you are nature, you are yeah. the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's beautiful. That's a beautiful sentiment. I just was curious because... I think uh, for people who are skeptics, I think they want to know, like, I understand the spirituality, like, I understand what specifically they do, but I think people want to know, like, why would someone take that journey of spirituality? Yeah. Because it's empowering, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you're going. Oh, that's like, (laughs) boom, done, like, mic drop. It's it's the most empowering (laughs) thing you can do, right? And to know that you're so much more than just your mind or this, this physical vessel, this body, like, there's so much more, and... As soon as you start to do this work, I think you'll you'll you know it for yourself. So then you, c- there's nothing else you do, but want to share that with others and be like. And it can be hard to put into words, right? I'm not asked that question often. It's just it's, for a lot of people, it's just a knowing. 
right? And and you'll get to know it on your on your own in your own time and through the journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say um, that reminds me something about like what you mentioned with like elementals because I know you talked about like the United Na- Natives movement and you say that the elementals also kind of connect us because in a way when we think about other like indigenous um, backgrounds, a lot of them also connect to kind of like the elementals. Um, So that was kind of like reminding me of what you've talked about before. Yeah, it's an indigenous practice to know and and to honor the elements and to honor the directions and to honor all things. There's a phrase called which is Mayan for saying thank you to all things, to everything, right? So it's like forgetting nothing. Even if we don't remember the names, we're saying thank you to everything for, yeah, for for that interconnectedness and that empower empowering connection, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's cool because it's like it's a thing that kind of like connects us all mm-hmm. together, yeah. yeah. As like all like native people, like yeah. Even the <laughs> yes. it it goes back to it reminds me of what you were talking about about how sometimes it could feel like this is like anti white, but if you think about it that way, the elementals is like even them like we're all interconnected in that way, yeah. So I think it's. Um, I I I'm, I, I want to ask so many things, but I'll wait. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I think it's and that's something I've always found interesting um, about. I mean, I could be wrong, but it's something that I I, I suppose I've noticed about a lot of uh, native spiritual practices is a, an emphasis on nature, mm-hmm. um, and I find that really interesting as like seeing elements of nature, whether it's water, like the trees, the wind, um, sunlight, mm-hmm. as a bridge to the metaphysical. Um, because I don't know. I feel like if you're a skeptic, that's all that for me, at least that's an easier jump yeah. than a man in the sky. Mm-hmm. Cause like I can see the wind. Or I mean, I can feel the wind. I can see the sun. I, I go out in the sun and it makes me feel good. Right. That's something I can extrapolate some sort of spiritual yeah. something from that, you know, mm-hmm. but kind of, uh, I guess in the traditional Christian way where you kind of have to just have blind faith and there's not a lot of, mm-hmm. there's just not a lot of connection. Not If yeah. that's your yeah. thing, that's your thing. Yeah. But I just, I think that as a skeptic, it's easier for me to kind of relate to that avenue just because yeah. there's something physical there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get what you mean though. I saw a meme that literally described that. The, it was a, uh, just I guess like not trying to offend anybody, but I'll go ahead and say the meme. It was <laughs> like, oh, uh, it was literally uh, like a conquistador and a Native American and uh, the conquistador is like, oh, um, you you believe in that the the sun and the trees have emotions and that they all live with us. And then the Native American is like, dude, the sun is real, like it's <laughs> yeah. there. And that's kind of what it reminds me of. You're right. Like I think that leap is easier because they're they're physically there. Like you can yeah. feel them. Yeah, you see them. Yeah, because I guess for me too, I feel like you can be spiritual and also not necessarily believe in the metaphysical. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you can, like, and have, like, that kind of spiritual wholeness through nature and stuff like that yeah. without necessarily having to believe in, like, oh, I believe in this and that. Because mm-hmm. I don't think, if you don't want to believe in that, I think that's okay, too, you know? Yeah. But I think when you relate to it in nature, there's something about that that still feels fulfilling mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily require you, if you're that much of a skeptic, to yeah. put all your eggs in that basket, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like trees have feelings. Like I've, I don't know if you guys have ever genuinely experienced. It sounds funny, yeah. yeah. It sounds funny, but I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that. Like, you guys ever been in like a nature spot or like full of like a forest, and you can like feel like this like energy like yeah. w- w- coming from like the actual nature. Yeah. And, and to me, I think about how we understand life, like at least the what do we call it, like the the new world, the new Western civilization, like 
we determine intelligence by like what we see as like living as in humans breathing speaking mm -hmm. but i mean w science considers that all plants anything that has atoms and what is it nucleus and um it's life so yeah. i imagine those things can feel you too mm -hmm. and then that's why i think that like the spirituality to me it's it's a it's not um it's not like a big leap either like yeah. I, i think it's so it's so valid because i mean i i always say as a joke i say that the water is my best friend mm -hmm. i don't know what it is but the ocean has always been really good to me mm -hmm. and to me like when i look at the water i see life mm -hmm. and so to me to deny me that like, no that's not life i feel like that's such a disservice because i visually can see it yeah. and you're literally made out of so much water yeah right on a cellular level i think you're in about 90 water mm -hmm. they always say 60 but cellularly it's like 90 You are water, right? Mm -hmm. And your blood is water. And so I think you're seeing probably that resonance or feeling that resonance with yeah. the water. And also you came from the water, like on an evolutionary trajectory, right? That was like we came from the waters. Life came from the waters. And also you came from your mother's womb waters. So it's probably that connection. Like you're you're tapped in. Mm -hmm. You've been tapped I'm in. Tapped in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because also I think you've told me about this too. That's on full moons, you know how it gets closer yeah. to the earth. And uh, some people say that uh, some people act differently on full moons because of that, because we are 70% water mm -hmm. and because it's close. I mean, the tides change. That's yeah. like a scientific like proof. That's like, that's true. That's not something yeah. we're, I'm just making up. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I imagine if something in space can physically change how you feel, I, I feel like it's not, I don't doubt that the nature and the things that you do with nature and the way you treat and think about nature yeah. affects who you are. And how, like, you're able to heal through, like, certain things in life and how you're yeah. able to connect with other people. Yeah. I always think, as you guys are talking, I keep thinking of, of that those moments when, I, when we see, like, the, the sun going through the clouds. And mm. I'm always like, look at God. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what name. I just say God. Like, yeah. I don't really mean, like, I don't mean it in, like, like the a, Christian like God. The, yeah, like yeah. the Christian God or anything. I just don't have, like, a specific name. I just know God. Mm -hmm. So, like, when we're usually driving around and we see, like, the the sun going through like the clouds and you just see the rays. like you can actually yeah. physically see the rays yes. i'm always telling him like look at god look at, <laughs> look at god look <laughs> and at like god. those those are the moments that i always feel like i remember so vividly because i don't know there's just something there that like to me just looks so beautiful like when you mm -hmm. see that um because i feel like nobody like ever kind of like looks up like to the sky and is like looking or observing as to like that's why i really like clouds Because you get to see a lot of, like, the rays and, like, mm -hmm. the sunshine mm -hmm. and, like... Um, and, and clouds are water. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. There's a it connection. all connects. It I'm all telling connects. you, it, it's, all, it's yeah. all interconnected. But I always just yeah. say, like, look at God. I'm like, I don't have a specific name. Like, if I... I was like, look at the sun. I, I was, I'll say that. But yeah. there's, like, something more about saying that that just, like, yeah. to me, makes me feel so connected. Like, I love the moon. I, I like... Mm -hmm. My mm -hmm. thing is like the moon. I love the moon. The moon is so beautiful, and I like how like when it is full moon and it's like it's like bright and you can still see your shadows. Like I think like that's the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, I always think of like those things where I'm like, I tell him like, look at God right there. <laughs> also, like when you see uh, synchronicities that are happening, right? That's mm -hmm. like a little wink from God and a reminder that you know that they're there, but. Also, I, I mean, God, right, goes so many names by a thousand names, right, mm -hmm. and is also the unnameable force, so that could be creator or great spirit to you or the goddess, whatever that is for you, but 
it's it's interesting how all these things we're talking about the moon the sun the clouds all of these things there's an element and a thread that is interwoven through all of those things and through us by the elementals with the elementals and that is actually god within us and within all of those things which is fascinating yeah. yeah that's what Feel i was thinking that? of too yeah because i was like the way you were like look at god and i was like the material in that is yeah. is what we're made out of so in a way we're god too yes. yeah so we're all wow well, yeah. i'm gonna just start crying right now <laughs> <laughs> it's working it's, it's working, working. <laughs> i guess i also i wanted to say that what i find interesting about what you said about cacao specifically what i what i found interesting was you talked about how finding the plant of your spiritual i mean not your spirit of your ancestry so let's say you're from china or from japan it can look different for you Mm -hmm. i've always found that interesting uh that spiritual practice of like including plants very interesting um just because i guess like how i was saying earlier i feel like that bridge is a lot easier to take because i feel like um food does stuff to you plants does stuff to you it's something that i can physically observe and feel so I always find that interesting in, in uh, healing. I mean, um, like uh, my dad's mom, uh, my grandmother, she was a curandera. Um, so he talks about how she had this like garden of just herbs and stuff like that for healing people in the neighborhood and delivering babies and uh, all that stuff. And I always find that really fascinating because, like I said, I feel like that to me feels a lot more easy to that avenue is just a lot easier for me to take than just kind of, you know. Yeah, it's just I don't know I find that really interesting it reminds me of uh, I saw this a long time ago and I've tried like hell to find it again because I, I thought it was really interesting uh, it was this thing on TikTok about it was this Native American man and he was talking about why um, just talking about plants and he was telling this story I think it was kind of like a parable I don't I don't I so take this with a grain of salt because I don't, I don't remember how much of it or what the context of it was. He was saying about how like um, people and animals had beef. So animals decided that they would uh, bring forth disease on people. Um, but plants were people's best friends. So the plants decided that for every disease the animals brought onto man, a new plant would grow as a cure for that disease. And I always thought that was just a really like... Uh, pretty story uh because it like i said it reminds me of like that natural healing kind of stuff yeah that's all yeah. I, I, I know i'm about I to I cry bro i think i, really I know am. what you're talking about i yeah. think i've heard about that too <laughs> and i remember i thought that was crazy because it's yeah. like the connection of like how plants are here to kind of like help us in yeah. a way mm-hmm. um that's how we call them plant allies plant allies. <laughs> <laughs> literally here to support us mm-hmm. absolutely they're medicine you know and also there's an, an exchange that we can have so that we can live in reciprocity and live in a good way and we're not just always taking and extrapolating or whatever that term is but not just taking but we can also give back right we can have an energy energetic exchange with the plant and even when you're just drinking your cacao you can open up to that exchange like knowing yeah. that it doesn't have to just go one way mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Especially the cacao is naturally occurring, which I find, like, insane. Because I feel like as I'm drinking this, I do feel very, like, everything you were saying, I do really feel that. Like, that's not a a joke that I'm trying to make. Um, Because I woke up feeling, like, a little sluggish, and I feel, like, very energetic. Um, And I do feel a little sense of, like, gratitude, which is funny. (laughs) Yeah. But it might be uh, our combos, too. Mixed with our combos. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, like, overall, with our conversation, it just makes me think a lot of, like how we do talk about how our 
a lot of like our indigenous roots are still there mm. and it just makes me think of like our family like yeah we grew up catholic but my mom is super like connected and wanting to True. connect to the earth um like usually if we're hanging out outside she'll be like take off your shoes and just like feel the ground mm-hmm. um at our old house we had a big lemon tree and she would like hug them yeah like, she'd be like hugging them yeah. i remember one time i found her and i took a picture of her because i thought i thought it looked adorable but she thought i was making fun of her but i just thought it was like the cutest thing ever she was like hugging the tree she's like i she's like i need energy so she's like hugging the tree and stuff and like it just makes me think of, of all those things and like also, I really like flowers, so sometimes when, like, I'm cutting them, putting them in a vase, like, I don't say it out loud, but in my head, I'm kind of, like, talking to them, and I'm mm. being like, you guys are so beautiful, and, like, all this, because um, one of, like, my godmoms, she told me, because um, my mom also really likes, like, orchids and, like, different plants, um, and she would say that they would die, and my, my godmother was like, oh, like, if you talk to them when you're cleaning them, yeah. or, like, all this stuff, like they'll they won't die as like fast like they'll know that you're like loving them and kind of taking care of them so it's nice to like i guess talk to them Mm -hmm. um and so once i heard that um i kind of usually if somebody like gives me flowers i'll like talk to them like oh you guys are so beautiful like yours are going here or sometimes when i move them to the window i'm like i'm gonna put you guys in the window so you guys can get some sunlight Uh (laughs) so i'll just be like that i'll be saying like those things to them and i heard that's true yeah because everything emits a frequency i don't know if you've ever seen where people uh they get the little like sticks and they put it on anything and everything emits a frequency so I imagine even talking to flowers, you admit some sort of frequency mm-hmm. that like helps them grow or doesn't. I mean, people have done experiments even with plants, like they play music for them. And yeah. usually the one that does play specific types of genres of music do grow faster than others. Mm-hmm. So I think it's definitely true. I mean, if frequencies can affect plants, frequencies can affect us. Yeah. And if everything emits a frequency, I imagine what specific plants you surround yourself with, whether it's a cocoa or whatever you ingest. I imagine it affects you holistically. Yeah. And yeah. that is all just to say, like, it just feels like so, so much of like, I guess I am very well connected. It's been there. I just mm. need to kind of like be more a little aware of it or like be more accepting of all that. Like it's been there, you know, we've grown yeah. up so much with it. And I don't think I was very well aware of that. Mm. I think I was just like, oh, this is just like everybody does this kind of mm. thing. Yeah. Um, But I guess it's more saying that like, our practices are still there and they still kind of like follow us and they're here, you know, which is really cool. Um, And even like talking about the dancing, I I always think about like cumbias um, of like how um, I I forget what it's called. The movie, there's a movie on Netflix. um, I forget what it's called, but they're dancing like a specific like cumbia dance. And they look like they're doing, like, an Aztec dance. Oh, Yanostasaki? Uh, yeah, I think Yanostasaki yeah, or something right? like that. Um, it's it's a movie on Netflix, um, and it's it talks a lot about, like, just, like, their dance. And it's just a lot of, like, the dangers of, like, what what goes on in, in Mexico. Mexico City. Yeah, in Mexico yeah. City. Um, but uh, there's a specific scene where they're just, like, dancing, and they have, like, big clothing. So it kind of, like, flows with them. And they're, like, doing, like, cumbia dances and um they like get down on their knees and they're like doing all these things and to me it just looked very like aztec like they were doing the dances like you know and you see with like the feathers and stuff um which is why i also really like dancing too because um my parents are like dancers too yeah Yeah. so like my parents love dancing like where they're from they love dancing like cumbias and stuff so that's why to me i wanted to like kind of reconnect to that um for a good while i didn't like dancing i was like no i don't want to dance <laughs> and then up until i think i turned 15 when i had like making quinceanera that's when i was like i'm gonna start dancing now <laughs> i'm gonna start if somebody asked me to dance i'm gonna dance now so yeah so i like 
dancing a lot more too. It's beautiful what you said about that, like you're seeing it kind of blended together, right? Because we did have to, with colonization, we had to assimilate, our ancestors had to assimilate. And so a lot was lost. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, religion and spirituality and indigenous practices can come together, can be together. They can be blended together in a a beautiful way, like you said, with your mother. And Mm -hmm. that's like such a beautiful example of that. Um, And also you can see in Guatemala, there are places where there'll be there'll be a Catholic church there and um, a Mayan um, Ashki is what they're called, but it's a Mayan spiritual guide in the front doing fire ceremony right in front of the church and he will go in with the fire into the church and they've blended the two and I think that's something to speak to because I think you know every I feel like we speak to these different things and sometimes it can sound like we want to put things into different categories but things can come together like we're at a different space and time and evolution and we get to merge with all these things Mm because they exist like these different religions and also like reclaim those beautiful things that were taken or forgotten and yeah and know what what is there for us like what does resonate like knowing that we are interconnected to all things to earth to the elementals to the the sun the moon that's that's empowering and that what that has been lost a lot of people don't see that or know that or feel that or understand that it to some people right for some people and that's incredibly empowering and important for us to stay healthy and happy and in harmony Mm -hmm. yeah I guess uh, my last question to you before I give it over to Steve is uh, um, where you got all your knowledge from or and uh, what advice you have for people who are trying to, I guess, uh, embark on this journey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say first I would suggest working with uh, a plant that resonates with you. Again, the cacao. Also, going to the lands um, that mm. your ancestors are from is really important, an important part of my journey it was with connecting with the ancestors first, and then it was finding teachers that I resonated with. Um, but that took time. I won't say that was super easy. I remember I had a teacher who didn't resonate or didn't like the fact that I was like a sensual human, basically. And really? That, and, and yeah, and so they were like against me or like, yeah, definitely was like a shaming and like they didn't like that, that I was that way. Um, and so I recognize, oh, well, that person isn't for me, you know, and for a little while, I was like, what is this? I had to work through a lot of feeling um, like I wasn't accepted. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't, f- I had to work through all of those, those, those stories and that wounding, that inner child wounding of like not feeling enough, right, or, or good enough to, to work with my practices and my ways of the mind people. And then I found teachers after that, after the fact that really did resonate with me and understood me and um, so now I have beautiful elders and teachers. I have Nana Lu, um, Nana Maria, uh, Tata Tino. Those are those are three of my my teachers um, that I resonate with. And I would say you can find Nana Lu on Instagram. By the way, you could just reach out to her. She's amazing, incredible. Um, but see who you resonate with. But go to those lands. Go to Guatemala. If you're really resonating with cacao, and you go to Guatemala, you're going to find cacao all over the place. You're going to connect with those lands and feel something for yourself. And then you can find teachers there as well. You know, that's what I would suggest. Wow. Well said. Yeah, well (laughs) said. Thank you. Um, 
I wanted to deep dive. I know you talk a lot on your page about ceremonies, right? Mm-hmm. Ceremonies that you participate in. So I wanted to ask you if you could elaborate more, like what exactly the ceremonies are and yeah. uh, their purpose. And then also uh, if you can maybe go over like what people's journey is before and after the ceremonies. Okay, yeah. So a ceremony is a, a sacred space. And, and life really is a ceremony when we infuse the sacred into the things that we're doing. So this is a ceremony, right? We created a beautiful sacred space here. We drank cacao before we went into speaking. I know I dropped into my heart, into my body before going. And so we're creating a beautiful space for us to come together, to be in community Ceremony is the most normal and natural thing. It was as normal to our ancestors as checking your phone for social media stuff, right? Um, this is this is what kept people happy in harmony and health and, and connection. So we used to come together in this way, create these spaces, and ceremony supports us in, in everything between grief and gratitude. So when someone passes away, you have ceremony to connect, to honor those who have gone, right? When mm. something beautiful happens in your life and you want to celebrate, you come together in a, a beautiful ceremony. Yeah. Um, through rites of passage, you're coming into a different phase of life. You come into a sacred space. You create a sacred space so that you can drop in. It's basically a place where you can come into again, once again, feel more deeply. So everything I've said about the cacao, it's like a helper for you to create ceremony in your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, that makes sense. Yeah, because I was wondering that too, because it's very like the ceremony and ceremony. I was like, what are all these ceremonies? But the way you explain it now, I understand. So it's like any event in your life where you feel like it's kind of like a practice to what, like connect. Well, this is connecting with other people and people are listening and watching. So it counts as a ceremony a lot. So 100%. And and you're simply connecting more deeply. And it's super natural and normal for us to connect deeply with each other and not just stay on the surface. Like, we want to go deep, right? We want to feel life deeply. And, you know, and that means feeling everything and all things. So we do get to go to the depths and, and feel the shadows and the heaviness and, and work through all of those the stories of, like, the feeling unworthy or, you know, whatever your shadows may be. But you can do that work in a ceremonial space. And also in ceremony, you can work with elementals. So... If you're working with the fire, right? Like, let's say we had a fire ceremony, um, not a traditional mind fire ceremony, because that's a whole different thing. And mm-hmm. Ashki would hold that for you and support you. And the fire is like the, the the ear of God. And so she's like speaking to God through the fire and supporting you. Um, and she's working with everything, all, all the energies that, that exist. Um, but if we were to just create a fire and we wanted to let go of something, release something, right? You could write something down and people can do this at home. If you're wanting to have a practice of like letting go of something that's really heavy on your heart um, and you don't know how, you can write that down, throw it in the fire. And fire is literally the most purifying element, right? You can't take fire. You can't even hold it. You can't take it. So you can throw it into the fire and you can let go. You can make space in that way. Also with water, right? We can jump into the waters, the ocean, the lakes, the rivers, or simply use um, water and and salt or just take a bath and make that like a ritual or ceremony where you're also cleansing, you're purifying, you're letting go of something as well in that way. There's so many different things that we can do in ceremony. Um, But for me, what I find really helpful for people is is, um, when I'm holding ceremonies, 
letting go and making space with the help of that loving essence so that you're not feeling like it's too much because right this is this is work it can be hard to feel heavy stuff and to make space and to let go of things that have been burdening burdening us um and then to make space and then to come into celebration and gratitude for life for whatever it is for the air in your lungs for the fact that you can even walk or move or the fact that you're just even here in this moment alive at this exact time um but there's so much to celebrate so yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what i was going to ask too is that do you feel as though people who maybe want to make the spiritual journey is spirituality only for people who maybe want to heal something or would you encourage everybody to reach some kind of relationship with spirituality oh everybody yeah, yeah this is for every single person once again we are all spiritual beings having a human experience so it's just remembering a part of yourself remembering that you are of the divine like you come from the divine god goddess creator mm-hmm. great spirit so it's it's essential for you if you want to like fully be alive then you get to connect with your spiritual side as well your spiritual essence your soul your spirit right yeah I wanted to ask you, you brought this up yourself. Uh, I wanted to ask you what exactly is power inheritance? Um, I, I can kind of guess just based off what we've discussed today, but I wanted to know if you could maybe elaborate. So inheritance or divine inheritance? or it, I, power? I think you, you mentioned that it was power, power inheritance. I don't know. Maybe that was just a mistake. I think, yeah, maybe. But yeah. I know what you mean <laughs> when you say inheritance. So for me, it's knowing that we have inherited many things from mm. our ancestors, right? Which include things that we get to heal, right? Patterns we get to break. Um, that is an inheritance that can be passed down, right? And we can be like, okay, it stops here with us. Right. And then we're also we inherit a lot of beautiful gifts and a lot of magic that just is coursing through us, like our dances and our songs um, and like just a power in the fact that what we come from is fucking magical and amazing and incredible. Like not only when I think of my Mayan, you know, ancient ancestors and like the beauty and how they connected and like the fact that they were so connected to the cosmos and they had their own astrology and cosmology and their own agriculture. And like they created the beautiful, the three sisters, right? Which is the, the maize, the corn, the beans and the squash that kept them super healthy, like beyond healthy. Like if you have that diet right now, you will live very long. Centaurians, Centaurians in Costa Rica, they live off that diet, you know, and we think that, oh, to live really long, we need to be rich and we need to eat like so organically. We do need to eat organically, but we can eat very simply and have that that beautiful trio right there. It will keep you living very, very long. Really? I've never heard of that. Wow. That's ancestral inheritance, knowing that like, right, that is for us, that'll support us. So we're we're, we've inherited a lot of beautiful ways and we get to speak to those and share those with each other so that we're going to allow our descendants to inherit the ways that we want to continue, right? Yeah. What yeah. was the most like significant like piece of that you learned in your whole journey that's like really stuck with you? Like what was something that for you was maybe mind-blowing when you first made that realization but has still stuck with you to this day? Oh, so many things. You could name a few. Yeah, I would say, I feel like I've kind of spoken to them a little bit already, like, mm-hmm. knowing that I can, that I can feel powerful within myself without needing anybody else was big for me. I, I don't think I felt, I guess, worthy enough or good enough to be like, wow, I'm incredible and amazing. And like I was telling 
you know, your sister. Like, yeah. when I gave myself self-love and self-pleasure, for me, that was mind-blowing, and I had never felt the same after. Like, it changed me. It literally changed me. I w- something happened and shifted within me to be like, oh, my God, I'm amazing. I'm so beautiful. I'm so powerful. I can, like, be in so much bliss, bliss and pleasure, and I don't need anything outside of me. That's That's huge, you know. Um, and of course that didn't come until after cacao. So the biggest thing for me for sure is, is having the gift of, of ceremonial cacao and, and that supported me through my journey. It's been, it's been that thing that's been that thread throughout Mm -hmm. my journey that keeps on reminding me who I am and coming back to my heart as that heart medicine. And it supported me in all my creations as well. Like you know, I, I wrote my first book in ceremony. It's called The Child of Magic, and it's a fiction mm-hmm. fantasy, very fun book for the inner child. And and in the beginning, I, I have people create their own ceremony and ritual with cacao so that when they read the book, they're also in ceremony. Like we said, ceremony oh, can wow. be everything. Yeah. So I wrote the book in ceremony with the ritual of drinking cacao, and so I invite people to do the same. It's also been so supportive, um, and so that's why I also created the Matthiosh method, and so so many other things. So it's definitely been that thread. Um, those are two of the things. Oh, that's beautiful! Wow, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wanted to deep dive too into the gratitude method, and yeah. then uh, what what's the official name? Uh, yeah. The Mayan word. Matthiosh. Matthiosh. Uh, yeah, I wanted to deep dive into that. I wanted to ask yes. you, uh, how did you like like create that? Like, what went into the thought process behind it, and then how has it evolved to now? Yeah. So, oh, Matiosh is such a beautiful word. I love saying the word. This is an ancient Mayan word. And I think it's so important to use ancient words, right? Because mm-hmm. our native tongue is not English. It's not Spanish either, right? Those are colonizer languages, folks. Like, we do get to recognize that, acknowledge that we have ancient languages. That's why I can't wait for you to connect with your grandmother to know, like, what, what was the language that they spoke? Just so you know some of the words, because... Words are incredibly powerful, right? Spelling, there's a reason why they call spelling spelling because you're casting a spell with your words. So it's important to know these beautiful words. They hold a certain frequency. So when you're saying matiosh, this is not just a simple thank you, but it is deep, profound gratitude, like gratitude from the heart, Mm -hmm. right? So this is um, a very common word. Mayans in Guatemala, they use it for everything. And they live in a grateful state, right? Mm -hmm. They live in gratitude. They're giving thanks to everything. When we're having meals together, when I was in, I was recently in Totonicopan with my teachers, and they're so beautiful. They give thanks to everyone before they eat their food. They say matiosh, right? They're giving thanks to every single person um, before they eat, and even after they eat, they're they're in a state of gratitude, which is so beautiful. Mm. So, yeah, to me, it's... It's a way to honor the ancestors and to, like, share that word with the world. Like, not mm-hmm. just simply thank you or, you mm-hmm. know, the gratitude method, but uh-huh. the Matiosh method. And you've seen people, like, the before and after of using the method? You've seen them their transformation? Oh, absolutely. So Matiosh method includes Mayan cacao. So we're drinking cacao, yeah. we're meditating, and we're moving our bodies. So we're making space with the help of the cacao. We're also meditating to come into connection with the earth, with our cells, with our breath, right? We're journeying with the plant as well. We go on like this on this journey to to receive um, guidance, support, wisdom from the plant. And then we make space. We shake. I don't know if you've heard of shaking, like literally shaking your body. This mm-hmm. is 
really healthy and and important for all of us to shake like animals in the wild they shake in order to let go of stress that's why animals don't hold on to trauma because they're they'll shake instantly if something happens and rattles them you see your cat shake Mm -hmm. afterwards or your dog right so animals will shake and that's how they let go of stress and so we can do the same we can shake and we can start to make space so it's this process of making space and then with the dance we are expressing and we're also stretching a little bit, of course, before there sometimes can be some more yoga. Uh, but then coming into the expression um, of what it is we're feeling. So through our dance, what is it that you want to express? Like, what do you want to be in this moment? What do you want to, you know, express in this moment? And I, I love to say that your dance can be your prayer. So, like, show me what, you know, are, what you are grateful for through your dance. I think I think that's like uh, what my final question wanted to kind of deep dive, and I wanted to ask you is uh, that that relationship between dancing, right, and and healing and spirituality. I wanted to ask you how important do you think it is, like that people kind of dance more. And I also saw one of your captions. It's not the first time I've heard this, but I found it really interesting. You said that twerking, right? Oh, yeah. That that twerking is like yes. a very important ancestral dance, oh, right? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's so natural and normal, and you see so many. Uh, indigenous people who who shake and move their hips but for for a lot of us we hold a lot of trauma in our hips so when we're undulating or shaking the hips or twerking this is helping us to make space and it's really good for the body and for the hips and for the sacral um you asked a question though right before that yeah i was like uh how important do you think the relationship between dance and like healing and like spirituality is that is such an important question because dance is like essential because we can also do practices to to feel into what we're feeling when it comes to maybe like anger, let's say, right? There are what we call rage rituals. I've never, I don't know if you've heard of that, but let's say there's something you really want to work through and you have a lot of anger. And honestly, we all have a lot of anger, like collectively, there's a lot of shit that we have been through that we really do need to move through. So even if you don't think you're angry, like practice this, try this, this ritual. Um, But also be careful with your body when you do this practice, but you can start with shaking um, you can hit a pillow, but you want to protect your back. Be careful with your back. Put your hands like this in like a fist mm-hmm. and you would just, you would hit the pillow in front of you. You'd be on your knees and a pillow would be in front of you. Like oh, okay. you could, or you could be on your bed. You could hit the pillow or you can have a tantrum where you're like laying on your back and you're hitting your hands on the ground and your feet are hitting right the ground um, or just standing and having a tantrum. But like allowing yourself to get angry and to move through that is really healthy and really helpful actually and but what needs to happen next is to dance to move it through so what dance can do is to help you release and let go of that so the rage ritual can bring these things up that actually really need to be acknowledged and felt and like move through Um, but you're not going to fully release until you dance like the dance does something and it's hard to put in words but it like alchemizes that whole experience, your life experiences. So dance as much as you can, listen to different music, see what like will get you going, right? We're all going to have like different styles, but see if there's a dance that can bring up anger for you and like try to dance that out. Um, See if there's a a dance or a song that can bring up grief for you and feel really sad and maybe it'll even make you cry and then dance that throughout and then don't just end in there, right? But bring it all the way through. Bring it home by coming into a dance that excites you, that makes you feel really good and juicy and grateful. 
Um, and then that that there's there's a alchemical process that happens there that helps you to heal and to release and make space and come into deep gratitude. Yeah, that's what I kind of wanted to ask that question last because I felt like for for me one thing that I think really helps me is doing like kind of dancing is kind of like a workout. Yes, and I feel like it really like moving your body around really helps me at least feel less stressed, feel like more calm makes me just really like it, it helps me get my energy out yes. and i wanted to leave it off on that because i just felt like i i really enjoy that you kind of encourage that because if you go on your page i think that's the most thing that you see <laughs> is that you just dance and you just dance yeah. um and i it relates to kind of a lot of the topics that we talked about especially the oppression thing because dancing was a very like especially in colonial times oh, yeah it was a very conservative thing. Like you've seen them, you've seen the jokes yeah. where it's like very slow, s- s- soft dancing. Yeah. Um, but then uh, if you look at the ancient dances, it's like crazy, yeah. energetic, yeah. high yeah. energy. Yeah, I mean, even recently, the it's like the famous everybody learns about it in history class when Elvis danced yes. on oh, live yeah. TV and all he did was move his hips and everybody thought it was the most obscene thing they've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. to the military because of that. Yeah. They were going to take him down, tear him down completely if he hadn't gone. Yeah. You know, because he was just moving his hips. Yeah. And I mean, if you watch it, it's like the most tame yeah. like dance thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah. yeah. But this yeah. is just to say that, you know, I think everybody should dance. I think if yeah. you feel like you don't know how to dance, I encourage you to try anyways. I used to not like how to dance. And then <laughs> I tried it. And I literally love it. Like, I love dancing. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be at the club. It could be at your <laughs> home. It could be for yourself. In your room. Yeah, yeah. in nature, yeah. wherever. At the uh, beach, with the trees, anywhere. Yeah. In nature is the best. What would you say? What, what are some encouraging words for people who, who do want to, like, maybe they feel the urge to dance? Put on some headphones. Like, be in your own element. Maybe even close your eyes. Um, do this at home first, I would say because you may not feel comfortable doing this in public yet, but that's going to be a really incredible step when you do that and, like, so much fun. But first do it at home and, like, don't judge yourself. Remember, like, dance is not supposed to look any way and, like, just let it be fun and, like, let it feel good rather than it needing to um, look like my dance or your dance, mm-hmm. right? Just move your body and let it be. And then please try it in nature. Please go to the beach, put on the headphones, be that person to inspire others that maybe, you know, an old past version of myself or, or you or you, right, would have been like, that person's kind of crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> be that person because you're inspiring other people to like be themselves authentically and be in bliss and pleasure. It's so beautiful and yeah. so natural. Yeah. I, I think, like, yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to be like, it reminds me a lot. It's just reminded me of a lot of things. Like I... I'm going to therapy and I told my therapist that like I used to dance a lot in my room. Um, I don't do it as much because I work in the evenings and I would always do it like before I go to bed. So she was like, she's uh, I told her how like I miss it. And she's like, you should do it when you wake up. Like, Mm -hmm. since you can't do it in the evenings anymore, do it as soon as you wake up. I I haven't done it yet because usually I'm just tired in the morning Mm -hmm. and I'm like rushing to like get somewhere. Um, But it just reminds me of that, of that love, just like the the sense and like the happiness that i get and like dancing and like i really love music too so it's just like hearing music and being able to like dance to it too um and it reminds me of like how i also go to like um like festivals and like different raves and like usually when you're at concerts like no one's really judging you because it's all about the music Mm -hmm. so to me i'm always like especially when I, i am at a festival i'm just like dancing i'm like i don't care if i look weird if i'm 
or anything i'm just being <laughs> yeah. very expressive of myself and i think that's why i enjoy music so much because it's like it allows you to just express in any way that you want whether how you hear like the different beats or the different like lyrics whatever you connect with is legit it's yeah. just like really nice and yeah. i'm like wow and I it's think, just beautiful yeah. <laughs> and i think like moving your body around also makes you so present like you're like i'm here like i feel this because i think when you don't dance you're very stiff like mm-hmm. um you're kind of taking this like autopilot mode but if you're dancing like you have all the freedom just to express yourself mm-hmm. and so yeah. that's just what i wanted to leave our listeners and our watchers off on i wanted to thank you so much christine for coming on this episode it's such a beautiful healing mm-hmm. episode yeah. uh, I, I already know everybody's gonna love it yeah. um uh, brandon yeah thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for sharing the cow with us yeah. Yeah. it was really delicious to yeah. learn about yeah. uh i really appreciate all the education you you uh, shared with us um before i send everybody off i just want to say thank you to our patrons uh thank you to daniel villanueva shout out to Catherine, jay chicano and Yoel. we hope you enjoyed this episode yeah. uh julie yeah i just want to say um this was really beautiful and again how i mentioned like i'm kind of getting into that journey of connecting with my own indigenous roots and like meeting you is is further much in getting me into that journey um and like i'm learning a lot especially from like our past guests yeah whoever our current guests and whoever our future guests are i feel like um it's pretty much encouraging me a lot and i just want to say thank you for coming onto the show and showing us a lot and like i always feel like it's um i've always said that meeting people and like seeing different perspectives kind of shows me a lot in like my own journey of of life and experiencing it and so meeting you is like one of those things right now that where i'm like this is really great. Like, I feel really connected to, <laughs> wow. like, everything. Yeah, because yeah. it's, like, how I said, like, I feel like it's all been there. I just never was really aware of, well aware of it. And to kind of see that I am in that journey and I've always been in that journey is beautiful. And you're really great. And it was really nice to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you, all of you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. I'm so glad. Yeah, of course. But, yeah, but if y'all want to check her out, all her stuff will be on the bio um yeah but you guys thank you guys for being here today yeah and then we'll see you guys next week see ya bye